Yeah, we got we got him, and then we got two dogs. Oh, nice! What kind of dogs? Uh, the one I'm with right now on the couch, he is a Maltese Shih Tzu. Okay. And then we have a Maltese Chihuahua. He's or she's in the she's in the bedroom with with uh, Linda. We- so, so when you're on your bulking phase, do you do Maltese Shih Tzus? oh that was cheesy (laughs) (laughs) oh this one's gonna be full of them i tell you that'd be great welcome back to the podcast we are actually going to jump back into our um, running a fitness business series just because I think that fits in well here. And we have we're here with Mike Salazar from uh, what's the name of your gym, Mike? Uh, Evolution Strength and Conditioning in Chicago. In Chicago. And uh, and he's been running a, a very successful business from the outside looking in and uh, started with some modest uh, beginnings and has uh, branched out a little bit and uh and is is now quite successful and we'd like to pick his brain on those on those things so we have a few questions from mike um mike can you just kind of start out by telling us how you started in the fitness industry so like your how you started uh, off as, as a sure. personal trainer as and... opposed to flipping burgers as opposed to flipping <laughs> burgers that's not what i wanted to do um so uh uh, how do I put this? So growing up, I you know how you have your circle of friends. You know when you're when you're a kid, um, and you always have that one kind of fat friend. That was that was me growing up, right? Uh, I feel I feel closer to you so already. That, that alone, yeah, that alone kind of kind of tells you everything. Um, so you know that that's you know that's I guess kind of rough. Uh, you know with friends picking on you and whatnot. Um, but uh, so were I, you looking for a way to gain more confidence or um, was there maybe a catalyst that set off a chain of events? And because you had, you know, that those circumstances growing up being the fat kid, you just kind of stuck with it. Uh, you know, truthfully, um, I was always pretty athletic, even, even though I was kind of like the heavier kid. I played sports and I was I was still pretty active. Um, I actually got into fitness. Uh, more. I guess I, I would say I, I I paid attention to it more probably when I was going through adolescence and I started noticing girls and I'm like, man, I got to do something about this. <laughs> um, so like you know, I my like grandfather had weights in the house and I was just like messing around with that and I was pretty pretty almost adamant like I got to make some changes. Um, so between you know messing around with the weights at the house. My like my body started changing, and my friends kind of noticed, and I thought it was kind of cool, like how they were noticing, you know, more positive changes in me as opposed to you know just being kind of the heavy kid. Did you get any pushback um, from your social circle, whether it was family or friends, being like, "Why are you doing this?" or, or even yeah, the I mean, cause... I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like there's there was a lot you know of like oh you know be careful you might hurt yourself um you're starting off too young you know so on and so forth from from both you know family and friends um but when they realized that you know this was something that 
you know, I kind of got into it and you know, it's not, it's not just a phase. They just kind of accepted it. And, and, you know, and, and then I became like kind of the, the fitness guy amongst, you know, your friends were so like, you know, you have your circle of friends and you have the, you know, there's always that one fat guy or fat kid. And then now, now that you have, you know, another circle of friends, there's always like your fitness resource. Right. And then right. So I became that guy. So, um, um, you obviously started at a young age. So, how did you learn about lifting weights? Like, did you just kind of go to the, well, you were doing them at home, but then were you seeking out others who knew about it or did you start reading or? Um, good question. Um, so growing up around that same age, I was always a big fan of like superheroes, like uh, Wolverine, the incredible Hulk. Um, and then I also grew up, you know, watching guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger on TV and, you know, WWF wrestling and so on and so forth. So I like, I always liked that look. Uh, so naturally, you know, I look at magazines and like look up routines and so on and so forth and, and what these guys were doing, or at least what they were saying that they were doing. And, and, you know, those, those articles. Uh, and when I was old enough to get a gym membership, my parents got me one. Um, and I started going to the gym and again, like with that same level of, I guess, motivation or discipline over the years, I guess over the, well, initially the first couple of months, just like people at the gym would just like notice like, Hey man, you know, you're, I see you're going to the gym pretty regularly. You work pretty hard, so on and so forth. And they would give me, you know, these, these, I guess, you know, the old, I guess, older guys. Right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, re- looking back, they were probably like in their twenties or thirties or something. Uh, would just like kind of give me advice. And, you know, I took what, what I thought was, uh, you know, valuable, I guess. And then kind of just, took that and with a grain of salt and ran with it. Um, and then I would, so that's where I would, I guess that's kind of like the way I got into personal training. Um, I saw trainers there at the gym that I was working out at and I kind of liked how they were, you know, very, you know, engaging with their clients and watching their clients and seeing that energy and, and, and whatnot. And it was, it was a very cool, uh, experience for me to watch. Um, and it was, I saw that they were helping helping their clients and, and, you know, being better and being healthier and so on and so forth. And they were adding, you know, adding that kind of that health component to their lives. Um, so I reached out to them and, you know, talked to them about, Hey, you know, what is it? How do you like being a trainer? Uh, so on and so forth. Um, and they were also, you know, uh, very responsive and very welcoming and encouraging. So that's how I guess I got, more interested towards that that i guess career path right so Um, from that point did you like at this point you're in high school so did you wait until you finished high school to get a personal training certificate or like training or did you kind of do it during high school at all no so after Um, high school no um so during high school i was i was athletic i I, so I, i wrestled uh i played golf and i ran track um and i guess here to I'm not here, but like personal training, uh, programs, um, require students to be 18 years minimum. Oh, okay. so I, I had to play, I, I had to play the waiting game. Right. Um, so that, and that's what I did. I, I focused on sports, did well with that. And then, you know, focused on, you know, I, at that point I was, I guess you could say bodybuilding at the time. Right. Uh, so I just ran with it and kind of, you know, they, you know, did high school stuff and so on and so forth. And then when I graduated that, I signed up for, I think it was an ACE uh, personal training program. And I did that as soon as I could. 
then you know went through went through all the materials in, in the matter of I don't know maybe like twelve to fourteen weeks or something. I was really really like wanted to get my foot in the door. Um, that and so that was my first personal training certificate. And after that, I actually started working for that same gym that I was a member at. Nice, um, and that was in two thousand and four, from what I read from your website. Uh, yes. So I was eighteen. Yes. Yeah, so I turned eighteen in two thousand four, which is the same year I graduated high school. So yeah, I started working for that company in September of that year. Wow, nice. So you started really young. Um, did you find that a challenge, like being so young? Because I would say the average trainer is probably in their early twenties when they start out. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. It was very challenging, to be honest, Rachel. Uh, you know, being so young and then being like right out of high school. You know, I'm trying. You know, I'm working with these folks that are. 10, 15 years older than I am. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, there's, there's that component where there's like the actual training component where you're, you know, you're, you're bringing that energy to the session and, uh, getting these folks moving and educating them and so on and so forth. But then at the end of the day, you know, when you're, when you're training, working for, for the corporate gym, like you got to sell them. Right. So I'm, so here's me, 18 year old kid, essentially, who's, you know, working with these busy professionals, you know, asking them for, you know, X amount of thousands of dollars to work out with me for, you know, uh, for a number of weeks. So it was really, um, truthfully, when I, when I first started doing that, I actually tried to not tell my folks how old I was. I, I almost felt that that would have been, a maybe a, that they'd be put off by knowing that I was so young. And, and so I don't want to say inexperienced, but I mean, but yeah, so young and just like really just fresh from fresh out of high, fresh out of high school. Yeah. No, um, I um so I lied about my age a lot. I could see that because I I personally ran into challenges um being so young when I started in the Pilates studio. I was a little bit older than you. I started when I was 21 and okay. people often would just immediately assume I was just the front desk girl. Like I wasn't a teacher or anything because there was, I was too young or I did get a few comments about like, what would you know? Um, and then I, I knew immediately it was kind of, they were basing it off of my appearance. Like I must be too young to even have an understanding of how to do these kinds of things. So I can relate to that for sure. Now, um, I think it was about a year ago, I saw a Facebook post, one of your Facebook posts, and this was when you were opening up your current location, I believe. So you were expanding into new space, but in your Facebook post, um, you kind of talked about your journey, about how you started out, um, and the kind of the steps that you've taken to get here. It super motivated me. Um, Everything but the ties with the mob stuff that we didn't really relate. We didn't really relate to that. But the the mob stuff or the or the bribes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I found it super motivating, and that's really um, what made me want to kind of reach out to you and kind of have this podcast with you. So I would like you to kind of um, tell that story about how you started out and. Um, partially to give the listeners an idea of where we're coming from since we read the post and whatnot. Sure. Sure. Um, so, uh, where do I start? I, I, so I, I'm working for corporate, um, you know, I'm 18. I end up spending 
like four years working for corporate, learning the ins and outs. And, and, and essentially that's what I wanted to do. Like when I, when I first like got, when I was first able to work with someone, I'm like, this is what I want to do. I like helping people. I like um, seeing them motivated and I like seeing them excited to exercise. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, I, I got to find a way to make this work down the line. I can't be working for corporate getting paid pennies on the dollar. So there's gotta be a better way for me to do this. Um, I, I bit my tongue and I, and I stuck with corporate just so I could confidently learn the ins and outs of, of, you know, what, it, what, it, what it's like being in the fitness industry, right? The, the sales, the marketing, the promotion, everything, right. um, janitorial stuff, like all that. Um, at the same time, I, I was also going to school, um, for business. Uh, I, I have, I majored in sports management and business management again, just to, you know, uh, expand you know just, just soak in as much information as i can is about running a business right um so that so that that was kind of that's how it started fast forward to me graduating college i graduated college great um i there were some uh corporate changes going on with the company i was working for which were not very favorable to me or uh my staff so at the time i, I got, actually got promoted um, and I was, and I was actually now then running the personal training department at the gym that I was working at. Okay. Um, so they, they were going through some changes, uh, like pay changes and structure changes and so on and so forth. They were not very, it was very corporate and not very, uh, fitness friendly. Mm-hmm. So it was very, uh, it was, it was kind of sucking the passion out of me and I could tell. And so I wanted out. Um, I left in 2007. Um, and then I, I actually worked for uh i rented space out of a studio um not too far from where i was at uh and i liked the setup you know the the gym was cool the the clientele was a little different uh, but the the uh, the setup the business setup was cool um and i thought you know what like i'm paying this guy um rent every month and i could use that money to start my own business right like I, i have a brand i have a good following uh you know uh people, people, I was, I was very approachable, right. As a trainer, I was not really, I know it all. And I was not really, you know, macho machismo where I would, you know, maybe turn folks away. I was, I was very you were approachable. You know, magnetic. Very. I mean, it was, and I knew that like that, that's, if you're going to be in a, in the fitness industry, in an industry where you're constantly face to face with people, you can't be, you know, uh, un, un, unapproachable, you know, yeah. you have to learn how to just, be cool with everyone regardless of of anything right um, that's the way i see it um so you know i, I rented i uh, was actually i rented space from this guy for about a year and then i'm like you know what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna fire the trigger on this um i had spent a year writing a business plan and crunching numbers from all scenarios because i was scared and, and and so just to give you perspective this is me at uh at 23 right so mm-hmm. i'm 23 years old just graduated college i'm living at my mom's house and i'm just like all right i'm gonna take all this money that i've been keeping under my bed and i'm all of a sudden i'm gonna just dump it into this idea so i wanted to make sure that you know i was gonna i was gonna do it right um also i want i should preface that like the way i started evolution and the whole brand was all organic right it was all like my own thing like i didn't get I didn't get loans. I didn't have like investors. I didn't, I don't have an inheritance or anything like that. So right. just, just like, you know, uh, you know, hustle, right. All the time. Yeah. Starting um, from the ground up. 
so starting from the ground up and then making sure that like it's organic, right? You're like, you're sustaining it yourself and you're not having other people funnel money in that you, you have to, you know, you have to talk to them later. Yeah. Um, so I opened a studio, right? I had a, I had a small studio, not too far from where I grew up, um, right by my mom's house. And it was cool. It was I mean, 1500 square feet. Um, you know, I outfitted it with equipment that I felt were, you know, important. Uh, and it was cool. We, we grew, we had this community. I had my clients that followed me. Um, and what was, what was really interesting is that the, the, the staff that I was managing, you know, a year or two prior, um, ended up leaving the company as well. Um, and they had heard, you know, through the pipeline that I had this, this open space and, and they, you know, wanted in, they wanted like, Hey, you know, is it okay if we train there? So that's kind of how the model kind of evolved to where instead of it just being me, you know, training out of my gym, you know, it was, it was me providing a, a venue for, for, for independent trainers to, right. uh, grow their business right so that you know they're not again getting paid pennies to the dollar where they could go you know come to come to eat come to evolution and and provide their clients a great training environment um and 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 grow their you know and develop their brand and develop their own business and and train their clients how they feel and and and, and everybody wins um so that's how it started um i i i, I like to think that i was one of the first studios to do that in chicago um which i feel is very fortunate for us because then we got a little bit of a head start to develop the brand and to kind of set the tone and set the standard for that type of uh i guess what do you would call like a hybrid training facility where it's not very you know it's not you know machine 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 it's, right. it's us kind of teaching folks how to use their bodies as machines right so mm-hmm. so they can get more out of their workouts um and then it, it allows our trainers to be very creative right and and i i also you know want to say that like you know i was never really a very artsy fartsy type of kind of guy growing up like i was terrible at music um i could read it but i you know like instruments didn't work out and then i was not very good at uh i i guess you know painting drawing things like that so that that type of creativity was not there for me but like with me training clients that's like another outlet for me to do that and and i feel like every trainer um and every instructor and every coach has their own kind of ways of being creative and i and i feel like doing that through exercises is, is a great outlet for them to do right um so the business was doing well. The, the, it was growing. You know, people were, were liking the concept. They, they liked that whole uh, private uh, instruction in a, in, in a gym type setting, but not with, you know, the, the, I guess, inconveniences that you would find in a typical gym. You know, they're not, you know it's never going to be crowded. You're not looking for dumbbells. You know, it's not, you know, for lack of a better term, like filthy or, you know, you're not going to catch MRSA coming, you know, coming out of the bathroom. So, um, um, people have to be privately trained. It's not, um, they can't come in and use the gym on their own time then. So, so that's how it started. Oh, okay. uh, when we were in this small space, it was just trainers with clients. Um, as we grew and honestly, Rachel, like it, it's a small, it was 1500 square feet. But it grew so fast that we were almost stepping over each other during like the busy hours of the gym. Right. And this is where I was like, okay, this happened way too soon. I did not plan for this. We have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Fast forward 18 months of me kind of 
you know, again, doing some cr- number crunching and, and making sure that I could put together systems to make it work. Um, that's how we moved into the space that we're in now, uh, which was not, not ve- that far away from the studio. Um, so we moved from a 15,000 square or 1500 square foot to a 6,000 square foot warehouse, which nice. was huge. Right. Um, and, and, you know, there was a, again, a lot, you know, all that money that I was saving under my bed gone going into this business again. So it's another one of those, like, all right, if I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. it's, I got to make sure it works. Um, and it grew, I mean, it grew so fast, Rachel, like we moved into that space. And so I opened the studio, the, the small studio in 2009, we moved into the big space, the bigger space in 2013. And by 2015, we were already like again like stepping over each other like right like what happened how did this happen so fast so how did it happen so fast dude man like it's crazy like we don't you know we don't we don't spend a lot of we don't spend we haven't spent a dime on advertising and truthfully it's just a lot of word of mouth people like hear about us through the yeah through the pipeline word of mouth um in the way i see it like man like people um you know, they, they, they look for these like corporate gyms and they, you know, and they're all bargains, right? They're all $40 a month or less. And they go and they're like, oh, this is going to be great. So on and so forth. But if they're folks that are really taking their own fitness goals seriously, they're not, I mean, in my opinion, they're, they're not going to want to put up with all the riffraff that goes on in the gyms. So it's like, you know, like, like the crowds and, and things being out of place and waiting for machines and so on and so forth. They're, you know, if they're taking their fitness seriously. They're going to spend that extra, whatever, 40, 50, $60. Right. To get the training. For, and... Exactly. Mm-hmm. To get the training or even to, you know, a workout that they're supposed, that's only supposed to take an hour, takes them an hour and 40 minutes because they're, it's like an Easter egg hunt looking for weights at, <laughs> at a gym. Whereas, you know, they could come to Evo and it's like, all right, well, you know, we can get the this done. Dumbbells are, yeah, everything is, everything is where they're supposed to be. It's not crowded. They have plenty of, you know, plenty of racks, plenty of weights, so on and so forth. Um, they're willing to spend that extra money just to get away from that and get their workouts in. Yeah. Um, that I, I, I honestly think that's how it grew. And then, you know, truthfully, like it's, it's also the brand, like we have great coaches at the gym who are all have their own kind of specialties and skill sets and personalities that, can accommodate a, a wide array, a, a wide array of, of folks, you know, at, you know, like regular Mrs. Jones and Mrs. Mrs. James, um, or, you know, former athletes that are highly competitive who now just have to, you know, have families and don't have enough time to spend five days in the gym. Right. Um, so I, I, that's how, that's how I feel is, you know, we're unique. Like if people always ask, uh, can you replicate this, you know, somewhere else? Um, have you thought about franchising that kind of thing? And then truthfully, like, I, I believe I, I could replicate everything that's, that's not human. Right. You know, I could replicate the structure. I could replicate, uh, the setup, but the problem is like, it's, it's a people, man. And you know, yeah. this, it's, yeah. it's people. So um, that's are, what makes a difference. Are your staff, um, employees or are they subcontractors? So do they rent uh, the space sure, from you or? Yeah, they, they rent the space from us. Oh, okay. um, they're subcontractors, so they're, they're 1099s and they provide their own um, insurance um, and they, they, you know, set their own rates and, and, and deal with all the, you know, the finances between all that on their own. Um, I oh, try interesting. To they have their stay. own rates. So each trainer could 
have a different rate. Uh, correct. However, oh, um, in order to, in order to, uh, you, you probably uh, marshal any undercutting that might go on. Correct. That, right? And, 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 and these guys know this man, like, um, a lot of them when they first come on and, and they're on their own, they're very like, Oh my gosh, you know, what do I charge? I don't want right. I, you know, I'm just starting out so on and so forth. And I tell them straight up, I'm like, you will never get paid what you're worth. So don't ever undersell yourself. Right. And they're just like, what? And I'm like, trust me on this. Like, don't undersell yourself. Cause when you do, you'll never get out of that hole. Um, and I find trainers in the industry now just like are constantly like trying to, they're all about volume, right? They're, they're going to discount their services so much just to, to drive up volumes. You know what? This is right. a total side, but um, my very first client that someone like I was working in a Pilates studio, but someone was like, okay, um, I have a friend. They want you to come into your house. How much are you going to charge? I charged them $20 an hour when I, for first you to go started. to the, to for you to go to their to house, go to their house. That's what I first did. And I totally had to learn not to undervalue myself, Absolutely. but it, it was, I didn't think she would pay the rate. So I said $20. Because I was scared that I wouldn't get the client, but it wasn't yeah. about the price. Like she needed me to come to her because she had young kids. She didn't care. She just wanted right. me to show up. Right. She probably would have paid you five times as much and she oh, would have been like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Which eventually yeah. she, she took me aside and she was like, Hey, you can't be charging me this. You have to charge me. Yeah. And, and eventually I, and, and, I, and kinda, Mitchell, I feel like, I feel like trainers need to, you know, there's, there's like, there's, you know, and, 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 and both Solomon and, and you guys both know that like there are, there are coaches out there that are very passionate and they're very skilled about fitness. The mm-hmm. problem is like so, a lot of them lack that business kind of mindset, you know, yeah. and they're, and, and they'll, they may be able to get by and, 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 and make money, but not all of those, those guys that don't, or those, you know, those trainers and folks that don't have that business mindset won't ever be able to truly like capitalize on, on their, on their passion for fitness. Right. And like, for me, I have to say, I probably don't naturally have a business mindset. I have very much an administrative mindset. Like I'm very good at like doing schedules and whatnot. It's her way of saying she's really good at bossing people around. Maybe. Pointing fingers. But the business side has been a huge learning curve. Mainly like I'm hearing you like constantly say, punching the numbers, punching the numbers. That has been a huge learning curve. Um, for me, just because I've never had anyone teach me that now that we have a business right coach on, and right that, I'm learning that. So, um, yeah, it, there's, there's so much that people don't even know that goes on behind the scenes. And even me, right. I'm just like, oh my gosh, just right. constantly sitting there. I swear all my spare time is calculating. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah and it's, it's, it's not going to stop, right? So no. <laughs> like, like 60 bucks an hour or, or in that realm sounds great on paper, but logistically there's just so much stuff that you end up doing that ultimately really justifies, um, that, uh, that price point. So much stuff that you're doing outside of the classes that you're running outside of the sessions that you're, that you're running with people. 
Um, there's a lot of work that you have to do. And if, and if you're one of the good ones and you really care about what you do and you care about your, your clients, I mean, that's where it's that time spent outside of the session that they're really paying for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, and that's one client, you know, Solomon, you know, oh, if you have, God. you have, you know, if you have 10 or five or something like that, you're talking about lots of time. time. I mean, I mean, exactly. I mean, look at today, you know, I'm like, Hey, Rachel, like, yeah, you know, eight thirty is fine. And then. You're like, hey, you ready? I'm like, shoot, I'm still at work. That's actually what I said to Sully. I was like, guaranteed. He probably finished with a client at 830. Then he has to clean up the gym, put everything away, and then go home. And uh, and then, like, be be a father, you know, be, yeah. a, dog, you know, be a dog owner, be a, be a husband, you know, do all that. There's so <laughs> much other than work that still has to exist. Um, right. So your business, it, all, it does strength and conditioning. It does personal training or one-on-ones. Now, then you've got kettlebells and you also have group classes. Is that correct? Or do you not do group classes is really where I'm questioning. I know you have the kettlebells in there. and um, they, they were definitely something. They were something that I definitely wanted to incorporate. Um, and logistically, it, it's, 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 a, it's a way for, tra- you know, from a trainer standpoint, if it, instead of charging someone $85 an hour to come in and work out, you could say, Hey, you know, if, if, if that's not in your budget, we could get you in a group with five people and you guys could each pay 40 bucks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an hour. So then, you know, it's like a win-win, you know, client is like, wow, great. You know, I'm getting, I'm saving almost 50%. And then trainers like, wow, instead of getting paid $75, I'm getting paid, you know, $200. So right. it all, it all works out. Um, so the, I guess once, once our, all of our trainers were on the same page with that and they started to kind of market themselves as like, Hey, you know, we, we are good training one-on-one, right? That's how we started. You know, we're, we're good at, at, at analyzing uh, technique and, and making corrections on the fly, you know, let's, let's take that and, and, and offer it to a small group. Right. And then we use the term small group just because we don't do anything that's like, 30 people at a time you right. know what i mean because then then you then you kind of lose that that ability to analyze and that ability to kind of control um the session itself then it just becomes very uh it's like a machine right you know you, you turn it on it goes turn it off it's done you know there, there's there's not a lot of one-on-one that goes on there right um but so that, that's that's how it started so all of all of our trainers had you know had these interesting concepts right you know they wanted to do uh uh, buns and guns, right? So like, you know, like, like a, <laughs> like a, a butt workout and then like an upper body workout. Uh, right. Or, or everyone, everyone had their own idea and, and, you know, and I, I wanted to exploit that. I'm like, yeah, you get creative. Like, I, I don't care what you do. I don't care what kind of concept you throw at us, but definitely like, I want your personality in the class. I just don't want like another boot camp or another, uh, bridal boot camp because that's very, um, that's everywhere, man. Mainstream. Like stream. It's, if, if if you find a bootcamp that's a hundred dollars, great. But then if you find another bootcamp that's eighty five dollars, well, guess what? You're just going to go to that one. There's no, there's no, there's, uh, there's, there's, no, no, there's nothing unique. Yeah, there's nothing unique that's drawing them in. So how do you help them Correct. work on um, creating something where you can get a little bit more buy in or or get something so, that's not so, so pedestrian? 
Right. Which is a perfect word for that. Um, typically, um, I'll, I'll reach out. We all have this kind of, we're all on a thread. Uh, all of our coaches are on a thread that way. If we have to communicate to all if, if I have to communicate to them all at the same time, I could just do it one time instead of, you know, sending um, multiple emails or what have you. Um, so usually, um, folks will, trainers will look on the schedule and say, Hey, you know, is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday at 5am available. And typically, you know, depending, depending on the size, it's, it's, it's going to work out. Um, and then I'll just talk to them like, Hey, well, what do you want to do? What kind of class do you want to teach? You know, give me some ideas, right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to do it for them. I'll tell them like, Hey, you put something together like a proposal for lack of a better term and then run it by me and I'll give you my, and I'll be very transparent and I'll tell you like, Hey, that's a great idea. You know, you, you're onto something, you know, keep going in that direction or that's terrible or, you know, it's lacking creativity, you know, you know, put some more thought into it, so on and so forth. Um, I really want to try to have them do it on their own so that they could actually say that it's truly theirs. Right. If, if right. I feel like if I, coach them it's like oh it's that's basically my idea you're doing it you know so i want them to you know it's like it's like little birds that you're that i'm trying to like nurture and then i eventually want them to like go on on their own and just do it on their own you know um that way i'm not it's less for me to do so i could you know focus on what's you know what's more important yeah um but that that's how that's how it goes so you know we'll have different classes and each class will have their own concept uh and that's how we'll distinguish them when we when we get when folks inquire about them right you know if there's um, you know, advanced circuits, you know, with, with Rob, you know, what does that entail? Well, you know, Rob's got a background in, in, he's probably one of our most athletic coaches and he'll, he'll do, uh, you know, a strength component, a conditioning component and a core component. And, and, and that's kind of what you would expect. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your interview process well, like for your trainers? Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, the first thing I ask them, honestly, and, and is, is there any they, grooming involved once you make a decision? <laughs> we'll throw that in there. Sure. Sure. No, the, that's, I mean, you know, that's, that's definitely a, a great question. Uh, so let's see. The first question I usually ask if it, when someone's like, Hey, you know, I'm interested in, you know, I'm a trainer, I'm interested in, 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 in joining your group or joining your team. You know, how does that work? First question I usually ask is like, have you, have you played any sort of, organized or competitive sport ever in your lifetime um and if they say yes usually that's kind of like all right cool you're you're definitely you know got some sort of intangible skill that that we're looking for so what i mean is like um i don't know if you guys have ever played any sports i mean well yeah i know you guys do kettlebell sport but there's something you know when you play competitive sport whether it's like soccer when you were a kid or any type of like high school or collegiate sport there's there's something about that Team that like an athlete will, there's camaraderie, there's discipline, there's, um, you know, you win together as a team, you lose together as a team. There's, um, what, you know, the, you know, this is a game time decision. Like, what do you do? How to make those, uh, decisions on the fly. There's so much that is, that is, that is, I guess, soaked up as an athlete that you cannot teach through textbook or, or, or classes or even school. Mm -hmm. um that that i feel helps people in this in this career right in this in this kind of industry a fitness industry right yeah. um so that's my first question and then usually after that it's it's you know it's kind of like the the typical resume type questions um you know what where have you been training in the past what kind of training do you do uh do you have any references uh um things of this i kind of like things of that nature um 
more recently, um, I've actually been asking them to put either myself or another one of our coaches, like through a 30 minute workout, um, giving them, giving like specific parameters, meaning like Rachel, you know, Hey, you, you want to work here? Great. Have you played sports before? Yes. I was a swimmer. Awesome. Now let's, let's, I'm going to have you put me through a workout, but I'm, I'm not going to be me. I'm going to be, I'll, I'll let you say, you know, I'll, I'll say I'm a, a 40 year old uh, person who uh, works 60 hours a week. And I have a 45 minute commute on the train each way. And my goals are, you know, general fitness and uh, my posture sucks. Right. So there, there's, there's your parameters, work with it, you know, take whatever 15 minutes to prepare and then walk me through kind of like a, a typical midweek session. So if they're able to do that without, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe too many, too much stumbling um, and not a lot of grooming from me at the time, then chances are not once, assuming they're all their papers are like their certificates and insurance and CPR is all good. Then we could definitely, you know, bring them along and, and start to kind of help them grow their business. So um, if they can't do that, if it's, yeah. it's, it's more like, Hey, this is why, um, you know, if, if, if it's, if it's not, you know, if, if that, if that initial interviews doesn't go as well as I wanted to, I'll just tell them like, Hey, I need you to spend more time working wherever you're, you know, at the, at the gym that you're currently at and, and focus on these. And then maybe in six months or a year or so, you know, contact me, you know, I'm not going anywhere. And, you know, we could see where, see mm-hmm. what kind of skills you have, if they've improved and we could kind of go from there. So you're looking for more experienced trainers. Like you don't want green trainers who would have just gotten trained and are starting out. You want someone who can like, see various kinds of um body types and be able to adjust well not necessarily i mean i think that some people with a a good understanding of individual limitations and um and a decent enough understanding about training modalities it's like okay we're looking for a balance of things of traits in this trainer you know do they uh interact well with the client are they listening to their needs are is, are they working with you know at least a, a a basic kind of decent workout structure and um are they how well are they able to deliver that i guess right right I mean, yeah, I, I mean, yes. I mean, it's, it's going to be one of those where like, I'm going to have to like, look at them on a, on each individual basis. And if I have to, I'll ask one of our other trainers to be like, Hey, you know, come with me on this and let me know what you think. So on and so forth. Right. It's, um, and it's like how we say that, you know, it's, you can have the, you know, the best program on paper in front of you, but there are those other intangibles that can matter so much more in terms of putting that into play. And so when you're, when you're bringing on a new trainer, um, you know, you can overlook certain things if, if other things make up for it and stuff like that. And so, um, are there certain things that you'll weigh more heavily than others? Like, will you weigh the personality over, um, their experience a bit more? Um, yes. So, uh, you know, so there's a lot, right? So, yeah. um, so with the trainers that we do bring on and, and with the business traffic as it is, you know, I, I try to, you know, I'll, I'll let them know like, Hey, I'm, 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 I'm here to make sure the gym is running smooth. And, you know, I have my own business to take care of, but I want to make sure that, uh, the business the business is, is, is a machine that keeps running smoothly. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, evolution's got a brand. So if I bring on guys or, or girls, or coaches, whatever you, you know, what, what, what have you on. And 
I'm, we're getting inquiries about, Hey, you know, I'm looking for a trainer for this and that. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be confident in making recommendations saying like, Hey, you know, thanks for reaching out to us. Um, based on, uh, your initial consultation, I feel like you would work best with X, you know, Angela, so on and so forth. Right. And I want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm vouching for Angela, right. I'm, she's, she's going to be, uh, you know, representing the brand herself and, and my integrity. Right. So I want to make sure that whoever I make that recommendation to, I could, I'm very confident hundred percent stand by that recommendation. Mm-hmm. If I don't feel that I'm not going to bring them on, um, just because it's, it's, it's not good business, right? Yes. Maybe, um, they, the, this trainer, you know, even though they, they, they're not what I'm really looking for, may be able to bring money to the to the business but at the same time that's great fine but if they hurt the image or the or the brand and if if it's if they're not congruent with with what i feel you know is is, uh, so are you looking for trainer buy-in to what you're trying to deliver like is that that sounds like that's uh, a really important piece for you it, it it is salman and it's like there's other there's other tangible there's other intangibles too for example, if, I, if I'm talking to them and they could barely make eye contact with me, like that's going to be impossible for you to grow a business like that. Um, right. Or if I'm chatting with them and I can barely hear them and you know, we're in my office and like, like, you know, maybe they have trouble speaking in public. That's going to also be a very big limiting factor, I think, um, down the line. And these are all things that they could work on, but like it's, I have to, you know, they have to be want, they have to be willing to, you know, uh, critique themselves or, or take this criticism and build and on like, it. Yeah, this, this, this is right. I'm going to build off this. I'm going to work on it. And then I'll come back. And we've had that. We've had that happen uh, a few times, two or three times where trainers would come in and they would leave a voicemail and I could barely understand the voicemail. I'd, I'd we have to reach out to them and I'd meet them and I'm like, you're a kid. Like I need you to spend more time <laughs> at, 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 at this corporate gym and 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 work on these things and you know they're kind of disappointed and which is cool but i tell them like i'm not shutting the door on you i'm just saying you're not ready this is you know this is a jungle that you don't want to get into yet yeah um well and i think it i want you go ahead ahead. um i was gonna say i think it kind of says something about the person if they're willing to put in the time to make improvements like I actually had gotten turned away from a personal training job. And so I came back in and I said, okay, I might not be ready to work here, but can I be a client and learn from your trainers to get an idea of what, what your trainers train like. And, um, I eventually got a job at that gym. That's great. That's brilliant. And, 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 and honestly, Rachel, I, I feel like, and I just, I just, I just did a kettlebell workshop at a, at another gym to their training staff uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and one of the things I talked about was the, um, the unique relationship at a trainer and a client the, between the trainer and the client mm-hmm. as a trainer, you're, you're an expert, right? Regardless of whether or not you, the information that you provide is true or beneficial because that client is still going to see you as an expert, right? Yeah. If you tell that client to lemons all over their belly to shrink fat they'll <laughs> likely do it assuming you can sell that they'll do it right so what i what i told them was like you're in a unique situation a unique position where you could you're you have, what you say and what you do has a huge impact on on who you're saying it to right mm-hmm. so you need to be able to be 
like educate yourself, like be willing and, and, and open to learning new things and being okay with saying like, Hey, these are, these are, these are aspects that I, that me as a trainer, uh, that I am not good at, I need to improve on it so I can provide a better product. And, right. I, and I feel like when trainers like put themselves up on a pedestal and say like, you know, I'm a trainer, I did, I passed my test, I know everything. And then they, 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 and that's it. Like they no longer strive to seek out new information. Um, I feel like that's limiting them big time. And, and in the short run, they may be able again to, they may be able to make money off being a trainer, but in the long run, like their, their lack of willingness to Grow. better themselves will will reveal itself to the clients and the clients will eventually be like wow you know this this guy is not who i thought he was or she is not who i thought she was i need to move on right mm-hmm. so um kind of taking this on in a little bit of a different direction the kettlebell competitions um you do you host more than one like we saw that you host the windy city kettlebell competition that was in Correct. April. Um, but that's your club, right? Windy City Kettlebell Club. Correct. Um, I want. I needed to make two, like two distinct entities. Um, it just made it easier to 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 market and to and to promote. Um, you know, Windy City Kettlebell Club, and then for you know, kettle, all things you know, kettlebell sports, Chicago, and and all that, and then keep evolution, strength, and conditioning the gym training classes and keep that kind of separate as opposed to like, it made it less confusing. Right. But you run the kettlebell club out of your gym. Correct. Yes. And, um, do you find like, what is the Chicago community? Like, is there other clubs in the town or do you guys have to travel? Like what's the dynamic in your area? Can I just ask what the population of Chicago is? Like three million people, I think. Something something I'm seeing like that. Okay. And like is it more people fairly spread out? Like, like how long would it take to get from one end of the city to the other? Um depending on traffic. Let's uh, let's uh if you were to think of the fastest not, way not to get long, from man. one you end probably, you could, to the other. You could probably drive let's assume there's no traffic, right? And you could probably drive from one end to one end in under an hour, I'd say. Um east and west is a different story, but north and south maybe 40 minutes to an hour i mean it's 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 a it's a huge city man it's it's a huge city yeah do you feel like basically like a a a needle in a haystack like you you, in a in a in a in a sea of potential gyms like you're just like a drop in the bucket um or or are you feeling especially now like you're developing a presence that is gaining gaining some traction yeah I, I feel, I, I feel that, um, so the fitness community in Chicago is, is large. Right. But I also feel like if you're, if you've been around for a while or if you're, if you're doing really well, um, you know, using leveraging social media and, and whatnot, I feel like people will know who you are. Right. Um, and I feel like we're, we're heading in that direction. Either, either we're there or we're heading in that direction. Um, based on the kind of statistics we have from social media, it's, it's definitely, definitely going in that positive direction. Um, how did you nail that, um, that advertisement spot with, uh, on nutrition, um, with their, uh, I saw that they, because they filmed at your location, right? Right, right. So, um, so Optimum Nutrition is is based out of Chicago. 
Um, they, I got, you know, truthfully, Simon, I was on my way home f- for lunch and I got a missed call and voicemail. And usually, I don't know if this, is, this happens with you guys too, but usually it's just, you know, when you get number, uh, voicemails from numbers that you don't recognize, it's usually just some kind of like telemarketer or what have you. So, um, I listened to it and it actually sounded legit. Um, they ended up calling us and explaining that they were looking for a spot to film, um, uh, commercial for their upcoming product, um, which still kind of sounded very maybe shady, not shady, uh, fake maybe. Yeah, you know, you, know, you never term. know, and they're getting more and more clever these days. Right, they're getting so yeah, it's it's amazing. So I ended up, you know, I'm like, what the hell? Call him back, and I actually spoke to you know spoke to the spoke to the guy, and you know, I told him like, yeah, dude, you know, come by, um, check it out. You know, we have a lot of natural sunlight, so on and so forth. Um, so he, I mean, he came out, he he did the walkthrough, loved it. Scheduled the shoot for you know two or three days later, and it and it it was great. I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, wow. Um, so so now you know we've kind of developed that that relationship with them, um, and I do anticipate you know, having them come by, um, when they need to, you know, when they're looking for venues, um, to keep us in mind, um, as opposed to, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they don't have to travel so far to kind of get that, that look that they're, that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Very but yeah, cool. it was kind of out of the blue, man. I don't, I don't, I have no idea how they found us, but thankfully they did. Did you feel like that was now, obviously you've, you've made a lot of progress up to this point. Do you feel like that was one of the things that you could now kind of check off your list? It's like, yes, now I have this, um, this exposure through this, you know, national brand basically, uh, in this, in this market that's in my industry that has a lot of, uh, weight and, and followers and stuff like that. Right on. And, and yes, I, I do feel like that's definitely, um, going to benefit us. Um, at, at the very least, I, I don't care so much about, um, you know, is it going to bring you business? Is it going to help you, you know, put more people through the door? Like I, I could care less about that. It more for us legitimizes us as a, as a, as an entity, right. As a, as right. a, as a, as a presence in Chicago, right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, less people know that, and, and i feel like that's that's worth more than bringing more people in the door just just to have that kind of verification right yeah it's it's like when you go into politics if if you're if you're if you're going from the oil industry into politics you might have to take a pay cut but people are going to remember your name so you might not necessarily exactly. need the business that might be possibly generated from that exposure um it's just it legitimizes you a bit more Right. And I feel like from, uh, I mean, in, the, in this day and age, like, man, like, um, I don't, I don't, I feel like in, 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 at least in the fitness industry, like people no longer go out and explore different fitness options by themselves, like with, out of their own curiosity. No, they usually um, go like, because of a friend or correct. they see people, something. Pe- or... Exactly. People like to be told, Hey, go check out this class. Hey, go check out this gym. Hey, go check out, you know, this instructor. They want, they want that. They want their friends to tell them that, or they want to read a review or something. So I feel like being like, again, like having a gym, you know, being validated by that is, is much more important than just driving in numbers right through the door. Mm-hmm. So do you have a, uh, are you hosting another competition coming up in a couple of weeks? We are. So traditionally, the Windy City Kettlebell Club has hosted two competitions, uh, the Windy City Invitational, which is in the spring, and then the Windy City Open, which is in the winter. Um, 
this uh, last year we partnered up with uh, Rockfit, who is also a, a kettlebell sport uh, club um, in, in in the Chicago area. Um, we actually hosted uh, the Chicago Kettlebell Classic, uh, which is the longest running Chicago kettlebell competition. Um, I think they're going into their sixth year oh, this wow. year. Um, so they've been, they were the first ones to, you know, uh, rock, uh, is, was the first, uh, organi- um, organizer to host, the bring kettlebell sport competitions into Chicago. And we're happy to, to partner up with, with him and host his competition. Uh, that competition is, uh, June 9th. So that's, um, coming up. Um, and then we all, we're also the Winnie Kettlebell Club is putting together, um, uh, a, a long cycle only competition. Um, we're calling it the Chicago long cycle championships, um, August 4th, um, which will put, uh, four competitions on our calendar. It, it kind of works out that we have almost one every quarter. Nice. And do you, so you hold them inside your gym? We do. And, uh, we hold them at the, so. And is that like, ahead, sorry. Um, prior to you having this space, did you, were you running kettlebell competitions or did you just start them when you started to have this space? Um, so we actually, yeah, so we started when we had the space, we actually, um, our first kettlebell competition we hosted in 2016 was kind of like the soft debut of the, uh, we, we, we went through a renovation uh, where we added, where we doubled the size of the gym. That was kind of like the soft opening to debut that, that space, which went oh, well. Okay. Very um, cool. Yeah, it was really, it was really cool. It was also the day of my birthday, which is, which is also another reason why I feel I tend to like the Windy City Invitational in the spring. It, it's, it's, we, it's always been scheduled the weekend of my birthday. There's something very, you know, nostalgic about that. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it really hits home. It's, it's really fun. That is fun. It's a nice way to celebrate for you. Exactly. I'm, I, you know, I'm with, you know, my friends, my, uh, you know, lifters and, you know, we, you know, it's, it's cool. Doing something you enjoy and. Right. So much fun. Yeah. Um, so with the kettlebell sport, um, do you foresee like trying to grow the sport with part of your business or is like kettlebell sport for you just a fun hobby? How do you, how do you see it for yourself? Um, so I, I first got into kettlebell sport, um, Jesus, uh, like in 2010 or something like that. Um, I was bodybuilding at the time and getting ready for shows. And I was like driving myself bananas, like doing cardio, right? The cardio component of every contest prep (laughs) is just, very very is very hard very difficult yeah um and me being an athlete i wanted something else that i could do you know that 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 would that would kind of knock the cardio component off the list but also feed into kind of my athletic abilities which i felt were kind of deteriorating because you know i was getting older and i was not doing anything athletic right right Um, whoa 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 getting older yeah i know dude i was <laughs> i know I'll, i'm an old soul bro i'm an old soul um how how so, old are you i'm like guessing 32 
Yeah, I just I actually just turned 32. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I was by like all the your dates, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's the same age as us. So you're not that old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although there are I felt old. <laughs> um so, you know, I, I, I was like, oh, maybe I can, I can, I can, I know, you know, we could do, you know, um, circuit training with kettlebells. We had a bunch of kettlebells at the, at the gym. So I was doing some internet searches and I came across, you know, a kettlebell snatch and I wanted to incorporate them and it was cool. Great. You know, I was a strong, you know, I, I, you know, at that time I thought I was a strong dude. So I would, you know, snatch a bell, snatch, whatever, 40, 50 pounds. And I'm like, man, my hands are really hurting, you know, and this slamming on my arms not really you know it can't be really a good thing um so in my quest to kind of look to improve technique i came across uh you know who else right steve cotter and his his videos right right and i'm like looking and and once you know once you watch one ikff steve cotter video like your whole youtube feed just blows up with <laughs> everything else kettlebell sport right so i'm like wow these are these kettlebells are huge what you know they're green red like these are so colorful um so, you know, in, in that kind of discovery, you know, I discovered that like, wow, you know, there's, there's like a thing, right. Where people compete and they do, uh, um, co you know, competitions for reps and so on and so forth. So I was like, wow, that's, that's great. And that, that's how I got into it. Um, now how, you know, do I want to, how do I want to grow it if I want to grow it or is it just a business thing that I want to do? You know, mm -hmm. truthfully, like I like, I like kettlebell sport i find it fun right for me it's all about training right just kind of anything i could do so that i don't have to you know sit on a treadmill or sit on a bike or what have you for you know x amount of minutes and, and it's fun man like and that and that's how we introduce folks to right about sport is we tell them it's, a, it's like a fun way to exercise it's you're exercising but you're also learning about your body and working your heart and so on and so forth and 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 truthfully like the, all of our folks that first get into not even kettlebell sport, but even just working with kettlebells feel so much stronger when they leave, you know, when they're done with the workout. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of like this empowering feeling, um, which I still feel, you know, training with kettlebells and, and, and for, for students or, or, you know, clients that are feeling that same thing is really, is, again, is really cool. Um, so I, I mean, I, I like grow, you know, I like having our team grow and I like, um, getting new folks in and, and the issue is, um, you know, with kettlebell sport, like, and, and training for kettlebell sport, it takes like a special kind of individual to really, um, want to do kettlebell sport and, and, and do it well. Right. And, right. and not just lift the same weights all the time and put up the same kind of range of reps and, and so on and so forth that you know that's like that's fine if you want to do it as a hobby but like for someone that wants to like i want to improve i don't want to see my numbers improve on paper and so on and so forth it takes like a really kind of insane type of craziness kind of <laughs> like I, I want to get in this and i want to i want to practice and i want to get better um you're really selling so, this to the listeners <laughs> yeah, yeah it, 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 it's it's like a different animal man um but i feel like when it's, it's no different than when people want to like better themselves through fitness and so on and so forth. They just got to put a lot of energy into it. Um, yeah. but truthfully, they, we, I'm, I'm happy to do both. I'm happy to, and, and we're happy, you know, everyone here at the club is happy to help folks, um, who are just looking for general fitness or just looking to even better their skills with kettlebells. Mm -hmm. Um, we're, 
that um and then you know our 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 team that's growing you know they're always they're they're just they're crazy like us man they're just like well, you know what do i got to do to get to to get to that 10 minutes you know wh- why what's happening so so on and so forth they're all very kind of surgical right you know when they're analyzing what you know mental strategy um conditioning strength uh technique um so, and and that's kind of cool because we're all you know we're all students in this anyway right we're, we're all still babies in this in this whole sport yeah so it, it's it's fun kind of discovering it and like sharing it with others as well well and i um, think what's super motivating is um seeing how excited new people get about the sport like when they learn like, oh, they can goal set and it's not about the other people on the platform. It's about improving their numbers and just how motivated, like we had a client come out to a competition. She just watched cause she wanted to kind of get a feel for it. And she was so excited just watching. And then she was like, now I'm going to do it. And then she's done her in-house like little stuff that we've done and she's gotten super motivated it's rewarding for us as trainers and really Sully's the coach and I'm just like the little cheerleader in the corner, but it's super motivating for us to see how happy that makes people like right now, our focus is growing our team and just making people have fun with it, enjoying fitness, because I think that's always a challenge for people in general. When they want to start working out, it's like, oh, now I have to go to the gym. Where if we can make it fun, right. they're going to show up. And that's kind of what kettlebells does. I'm all for them having fun. 100%. What I get my kicks on is is when you know, Miss Jones or Miss James, like we talked about earlier, goes cyborg mode and you can see it in their eyes and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to own this. I'm going to own this yeah. set. When, when the, Love when the housewife picks up the, like the 16 and they're like, you know, I may do only five reps or 10 reps, but I'm going to do them. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. They got, they kind of have that, like, uh, that stone cold look on their face. And they're <laughs> like, yep, totally. That, that just happened. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's dude, it, exciting. It still, still gives me goosebumps, man. It still gives me goosebumps. Yeah. No, it's really nice to see um, just clients grow, right? And kettlebell Absolutely. sport is a nice way to guide people in that direction. If they don't have that Absolutely. guidance, um, I've got some specific questions for you. Who does the programming for the for your kettlebell club? Um. So. One of so uh, I do I do most of it. Um, Emily, um, who is a kind of our special team snatch coach, um, she does most of the snatch um, for the. She does my snatch. You know, she she does my snatch program. She does Linda's snatch programming, um, and then she does uh, the snatch kind of technique when when we're all together in a group. Um, she she's actually coached by Dennis Vasilov um, okay. for her own for her own, uh, training. Um, and so she, so, so her program is Dennis to Love. Um, and then like, you know, because, because, uh, we're with Emily, um, and, and we get to see, you know, her lift from all angles in person. Um, we'll, I'll do my, my, my best and my part to, to give her feedback on, on, on her programming as well. Um, so but yeah, um, it's, that's, it's, so that's kind of part of it there. The other the other thing I want to ask was, okay, so if 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 she's doing snatch programming, including your snatch pro- programming, um, so who's doing your long cycle programming? Are you self coaching for a lot of your stuff, or are you do you have a coach? I am self coaching for 
all my most of my stuff except for snatch okay um, so when you host competitions or when competitions roll around uh i mean as of right now or at least the past couple of years how many competitions have you done have you participated in have i participated in or have we hosted that you've participated in oh uh, jesus i don't know maybe so let me think about that for a second <laughs> uh so this so 2017 we've done one two three uh so i i competed six times last year you know you could have made it easy and just said all of them (laughs) yeah i I did a lot okay it it almost feels like i know last year it almost feels like i had one every month this year i've competed in i've competed in february march april nothing in may i'll compete in june august and in september so that's what six, six or seven. Did you so go to Cali in February? We did. Yes. Oh, nice. So that was us in February, and then March we were in Michigan. April was our meet. Um, June will be the Chicago Kettlebell Classic. August will be the Long Cycle Championship, and then uh, also, um, September will be the um, Texas Kettlebell Open with Aaron um, and his crew out in Austin. Right. So are you doing a bit of a West side thing with your kettlebell right now where you're trying to be like amazing all year round or are you, <laughs> cause you do the strength and conditioning thing. And for the sake of simplicity, we'll lump that in with, um, bodybuilding and we'll separate that out from your kettlebell training. Sure. So how are you partitioning your, your kettlebell focus from your other training? Um, and ha- and are you actually, t- uh, preparing programming that's leading you up to a given competition or are you just kind of trying to stay you know pretty good all year round um so um i so with kettlebells with kettlebell sports um what i've what in the past what i've done is i've always trained for numbers which which i mean for me being a business guy like that made sense at first but the problem with that is like i just wrecked my body by doing that right trying to just like you know always push on the gas always push on the gas always push on the gas and then just like take my horsepower to the limit each time um it never really like i never walked away from like a training session being like wow i actually learned something it was more like after every like long cycle session or what have you i'm just like yeah man i totally crushed that you know (laughs) um then after a while it was like god i'm hurting everywhere right so i actually had to take a break from long cycle um and and move into like biathlon for a little bit just for the sake of i just needed to i didn't want to lose any any technique or or just fitness under the bells but i just long cycle was just destroying me mm-hmm. um uh so so truthfully now i've actually backed off a lot on on frequency um training with bells and and i basically will look at what event i'm doing at a certain comp so, for example, um, I'm doing a, I'm scheduled to do a five minute triathlon at this June comp, um, and then I will, I will like look at the x amount of weeks leading to that competition, and then build my uh, programming to make sure that I peak for whatever I'm, you know, for whatever the events I'm at for that comp. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so since I wasn't doing long cycle, like I, I haven't cleaned a bell in forever, so. I was just training biathlon for a while. Um, and then prior to just training biathlon, I was just training snatch. Um, so the last four months of 2017, I only did snatch. Um, so there was kind of like a, 
I guess you'd say like a rude awakening. I'm like, I don't have to train all three lifts all the, all the time. Um, um, I could just, you know, focus on whatever I'm, I'm, I need to focus on for, for competition. Um, and then, and then kind of work my way backwards and, and then, you know, run through the programming leading up to that event to peak. And when, when you're focusing on that one lift, are you still trying to, um, improve your numbers in that lift with that bell? Or are you basically looking to maintain just a, a high standard of performance regardless of where the reps really fall? Um, so I was always a big fan of, uh, um, train, you know, when you, when during your training sessions, you should learn from them, right? The training is just like practice, no different than like, if you're going to practice singing or something, you know, for, you know, just for your conversational purposes, it should be just that practice where you're looking to improve and you're, and you're looking for certain, certain aspects of whatever your skill is. Um, and, and you're addressing them for that session. Um, when it comes to competition day, it's like at the end of the day, it's all about reps, right? So, um, uh, I guess for me, it's, um, during my training, I, I will approach my training and my, 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 my trainings leading up to competition as such, just practice, work on things that I know that I need to work on, you know, things that I'm constantly, you know, maybe things that I'm terrible at doing, but trying to make them not as terrible. Right. And then basically um, and then com- see where the reps fall on, on competition day. Yeah. And then in, in competition, just make sure, you know, hopefully the stars align and I'm able to still keep decent technique or at least, you know, fixate, 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 make, make my reps count, make them look tight and crispy, but really just kind of push the lungs and push, push, you know, push the horsepower, push the horsepower and making sure that I could still, you know, work. Right. And, and essentially that's, that's me. Uh, that, that's my mindset. Right. You know, cause at the end of the day, it's, it's all about reps, right. You know, no one can, you know, at, I guess, again, that's me, you know, come competition day, as long as you're going through the right sequences and as long as you're fixating and as long as, you know, you're doing the reps the way that, uh, that there should like go make, put them up as, as, as many as you can, as fast as you can. Um, you know, you know, it's not a beauty contest where like, Oh, you know, they have to look effortless or so on and so forth. Like, no man, like you're the final, the final, you know, two, three minutes you're working. Right. And if, if you're, if you're at that point where, you know, you're, you're at the end of your set and you look like you have plenty more in the tank. Like, well, you misjudged your, your, your timing, right. You could have put more in and you, so, you know, it's kind of, you walk away from that, from that set and like, all right, well, I know I got more in the tank. Let's, let's, you know, next competition, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave more out there. Very cool. Um, are you still competing in bodybuilding at all? Or are you done? Oh, or God. not really so, done, but uh, don't have anything on the schedule at the moment. So I, for the longest time, I've been competing in at the in the ninety five kilogram weight class. But truthfully, my my body weight would like fall. I I would almost hit weigh ins at ninety kilos, and and every every competition I would walk away and I'm like, man, I gotta lose it. I'm too I'm too fucking fat, man. I gotta lose this <laughs> weight, right? There's no reason, you know, like I, I'm and I don't I don't I like last year in California, you know, I was listening 32s and, you know, they had a live feed and they're, you know, they had 10 platforms at the Cali open and you could immediately tell which one I was in because I was like the one guy that was like two feet shorter than everybody else. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, there's, 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 I, I need to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the tallest guy there. Um, I wanted to lose weight. So I actually dropped down to the 85 kilo, like, you know, with, 
um, some time. Uh, and, and in doing such, like, I'm like, wow, you know, abs look great, you know, so on and so forth. Like, I, I still look like a bodybuilder. Um, so to answer your question, like, I, I think I will at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, yeah, I, I still feel like I have some kind of, uh, things, you know, you know, um, business to take care of in, in that universe. Um, but right now, um, that's not my focus. Right. Um, I feel like when maybe when things kind of settle down with like business and, and family, and I could dedicate, you know, time and energy to that, that is needed by that universe. I think I will. Um, and I, 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 and mentally too, I'm not, I'm not ready to do that right now. Yeah. Fair enough. What lessons have you learned um, trying to fit in both bodybuilding and kettlebell sport in the same training season? Um, so for the long, for when I first started getting into kettlebell sports, um, I noticed that a lot of the men that were lifting like had very similar body types that were that were that was not similar to mine. Right? They a lot of them w- would have the you know long, lanky. Um, not overly muscular look. Um, and then there would be like me and just like, what, what is this guy doing? Right. Um, so I was always told, you know, um, by more experienced lifters, like, Hey, you know, um, what do you do for your training? Um, and I'm always like, well, I lift and I squat bench, deadlift, do much of this crap. And they're like, Oh, well you should probably just run a lot more and not, and not <laughs> lift so much because you're, you know, you're, you're too barrel chested or what have you. And that was like the consensus, man. Like every competition that I went to, and I started to learn more about like lifters from different regions, they would all have that same kind of lanky body type and i'm just like i don't i don't like that right like i don't want to look like that i spent too much time trying not to look like that um so i didn't right i I still kept on lifting and i and i and and still kept on lifting bells and getting under them um and it really just took some time for me to just like learn my body and learn what it meant to like really relax in your rack position and to kind of get that thoracic mobility and which is still an issue for me um but it gave me a new respect for um you know being mobile right and and like being mobile when you needed to be mobile but being stable when you needed to be stable right so um, do you feel like you have to work on your flexibility a little bit more just due to your muscle mass or 100 percent yeah 100 percent um, I took a workshop this past weekend that was, um, a two day thing and it was eight hours, right? It was like nine to six both days. And I walked in there with my wife and I'm like, Oh my God, I could barely sit down like in a movie theater for more than 40 minutes without having to fidget. So sure enough, you know, I'm sitting there and like moving side to side and so on and so forth. And every time they gave us a break, I would get up and like go to the back of the room and like lie on the ground and get into some yoga poses. And everyone's like, what, what's, don't you own a gym? Like what's, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, dude, you like, I can't sit down like, you know, um, for that long and, and just feel all locked up like that. Yeah. I joke around and I tell people all the time, like if you're in a, if you're, if you're in like one of those workshops, you can always tell who the fitness people are because they're going to be the ones in the back constantly standing up constantly like going to the bathroom like those are going to be the fitness guys it's true Uh, but yeah i mean rachel to to answer your question yes like i feel like i spend a lot of time mobilizing before lifting both you know before i get under bells and before i get under the bar 
Um, I, I feel like I have a deeper respect for, um, being able to move better so that I could better put myself in, in, you know, advantageous positions, whether, rather than just like force myself into those positions. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the amusing irony when it comes to that little bit of pushback that, um, seems to be there against having some muscular bulk in the sport of kettlebells is I we always seem to hear this dialogue oh it's it's great for any body type and anyone can do it and then it's like oh but god forbid you have a few muscles god forbid you have some biceps and it's like okay well tell me what the difference is between the person who has the barrel chest that's barrel chested because it's fat and the guy who has the barrel chest because it's muscular tell me what the difference is there at least the guy who has muscles has functional tissue that will will at least give him you know some form of advantage over the guy whose whose extra tissue is is not functional well right it's just squishy it's just squishy one observation (laughs) i notice is um uh guys with biceps i think sometimes the judges have a hard time uh knowing lockout it seems to sometimes get sure. called a little bit more on guys with biceps. I know people always comment about Sully's biceps, um, but uh, and how they're just so big and yeah. round. <laughs> well, even when we were in Korea, world, someone's like, "Oh, you, you have you stopped lifting weights? Your biceps look smaller." And I was saying, "No, he's just <laughs> leaned out a little bit just from all the training." Is really what it is. There's but, actually a series of selfie shots that people take with me where my head's cut out and it's just my bicep with them. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I um, love that. But yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think sometimes maybe that's why it's discouraged. Is they Not discouraged, but I do think that judges maybe have a hard time with the fixation of the elbow or even their overhead positioning, depending on how tight the person's shoulders yeah, I, mean, well. I, I haven't heard anyone make a deal out of that. I would have to say, if you've got good terminal elbow extension, then it becomes almost a moot point because if you've got if you've got good elbow extension, then um, it's pretty clear whether your whether your arms are straight or not, and and sure. uh, how well you can hold that overhead position. But um, I mean, there are instances where I feel like, okay, d- would I feel more comfortable in the rack if my triceps were smaller or bigger, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, or right. Um, and I would say that my chest probably struggles um, more than someone who doesn't have as well-developed chest uh, in in the rack. Sometimes I feel like it's almost hard not to use my chest in the rack sometimes. I understand. Yeah. You get that that chest pump. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Rachel's like, yeah, totally. (laughs) I totally have that problem. No. Rachel, do you have any further questions? No, I think, yeah, it's probably late for you, eh, Mike? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm I'm usually finishing up work at this time, but oh, I'm, I made sure to get that done before I left. You're a you're a sweet guy, Mike. You're you're a hard <laughs> worker, that's for sure. Non-stop um, hustle. Yeah, no, I think we touched on most of the stuff. Oh, then. what about the intern? Oh, Sully wanted to ask about. He did come across that you had um, an internship through the university for students. Can you tell oh, yeah, us a yeah, little yeah. bit about that? Absolutely. Um, again, this goes about how. Um, you know, sometimes we get contact. We've, we've been contacted by local universities in the past asking if we'd like to participate in, in some of their programs for their students. And, and I never really had any ties to any of these universities. Um, 
just because you know I, I didn't right I, I, didn't, I didn't go there I didn't know anyone that went there you know that was close to me so on and so forth but you were hoping um, there might well, be an honorary doctorate out of this if if you oh that would be great <laughs> That, that, sorry, that would only validate everything, right? It's all about validation, right? <laughs> um, but uh, so we recently got um, contacted by the university that I went to, Loyola University, um, and they reached out to us, you know, asking if we would be interested in becoming a site for their uh, um, exercise science program. Um, and I totally jumped on it. Um, and I said this before, you know, I, I went to Loyola and I want to thank them for... Uh, you know, this is, this is my opportunity to, to give back to the, to them, you know, for, for giving me the tools, um, that I, you know, that, that helped me succeed. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. Right. Um, basically, you know, I, they, they had gave, given me the contact information for these four students that were going to come by. Um, I scheduled time to meet with them and, you know, I met with them and it was cool. You know, they, a few of them were fitness minded. Some were somewhat interested and, you know, didn't maybe, maybe not as uh, fitness was not that important, but they, you know, understood that, it, you know, it was very important and so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, truthfully, you know, we, we met the, in December and I told them like, Hey, you know, this is going to be my first rodeo doing this. Um, I'm, 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 I'm not going to, I'm going to try to keep it as structured and engaging as, as I can. Um, but you know, we you're in this until April. So, you know, we're talking five months of it and truthfully, man, like it, it's been an awesome experience, um, and showing them the ins and outs of the business and, uh, learning from them, you know, learning from, you know, how I could be a better, uh, coach, a better trainer, a better manager, a better business owner. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we got close and, and, and we're able to, uh, help them, right. You know, give them a, a sneak peek of what it's like to, to own, run and manage a fitness business. Um, you know, speaking about kettlebells and interns, right. One of the interns, um, actually two of them, um, actually learned how to do, uh, both one and two arm long cycle lifts, nice. um, as, as part of a, like they want, they had to do like, a uh, end of the a midterm and then like a end of year kind of report slash project. Uh, one of them did it on kettlebell sports. Uh, and then the other one did it on diaphragm breathing, um, which I was also kind of big on. Uh, cool. but, the the, one of the guys, um, actually is going to compete at, uh, the, <laughs> the competition in June. He signed nice. up for, uh, uh, a five minute set. Um, but, uh, I told him he, he's, he knows, He's got five minutes in the bag. And I told him, like, dude, the clocks are going to go to 10 minutes anyway. If you get to five and you have more in the tank, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, you know, I had, a, I had such a fun time. You know, I, I, I loved having him over and I loved, you know, being able to kind of teach. Right. You know, t- you know, guide them, you know, per se. Um, and it was also fun to just kind of shoot the shit with them. You know, they're they're 10 years. I don't know. What is 10? Yeah, they're 10 years younger than me, nine or 10 years younger than me. So. You know, I'm like, I'm like super hip now, like with how the, how the college kids talk. So I, I know all, all the cool slang words and, and what's going on and so on and so forth. But, um, they're done, right They're They've graduated. And, you know, again, it's, it's like talking about the, you know, the little birds flying away. So it's kind of sad, you know, not having the interns over. Um, 
but we're, we're getting our new, a new batch, um, in the fall. And again, you know, we're looking forward, I'm looking forward to, to having him over. Um, and I know the rest of the gym is, is as well. Um, and then I hope to fine tune kind of the program that I put together for these guys and just hopefully, uh, make it, uh, just, you know, improve on it year and year, year after year. Right. Very cool. Now the next step of course, is to get some of those, um, fitness business management people running your competitions for you and then that would be just gold yeah all you have to do yeah, is that, show that up. would man yeah it would you know truthfully you know solomon and rachel like we're you know like we have a great um kind of back you know back end uh type uh team that that kind of does a lot of the work like a lot of the behind the scenes work running organizations we were actually trying to see if we could package that and like offer it as a service um because i mean you know this like there's not really um uh a standard when 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 going to competitions it's kind of like well everyone does show up and it's going to either be like well run or it's going to be uh, could be run better. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of something that we're still working on, on our end. Uh, but we definitely want to see if we could set the new standard for how, uh, competitions are run, um, and, and kind of learn from, you know, the, the, the other competitions that have been around longer than we have, uh, and, and kind of just like, uh, take what, take the, take, take what we feel is important and kind of, you know, build on that. So, that's kind of something that, again, another another kind of side project of many that that we have over here. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Mike, for sharing uh, all of those interesting things with us and answering our questions. And Rachel, is there anything else that you'd like to say? I just keep thinking, like, I keep saying to Sally, I want to go to Chicago. Just other th- instead of like landing in the airport, I want to actually see Chicago. Um, oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we've always kind of been like, oh, what competition should we do this year? And for sure, we're going to have to make your competition one on our list. Um, Absolutely. It's, already on the list. It, it's on the list and we just got to check it off. And I'm just thinking in my head, OK, when are we going to plan this? Because I would love <laughs> to see your gym, too, and just kind of get to see what you're doing. Because I just love seeing people succeed. And it's been awesome talking to you. So I really appreciate um, you sharing your story with us. Um, Mike, how can people find you yes. and, uh, and where can they follow you? Um, so, uh, business websites, uh, evilfitchicago.com. That's E V O F I T Chicago.com. Um, you can follow me on Facebook, uh, at Mike Salazar or on Instagram at evilfitmike. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking to us and we will chat with you soon. No, thanks. Thanks for having me guys. It means a lot. Yeah. All right. Thanks Mike. Have, Have a good, good night. night. You too.